Welcome to Elevated and Melanated, where critical thinkers should come and discuss inconvenient truths and uncomfortable knowledge. I am your host, KT the Intellect. It's your boy, DJ the Finesse Kid. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We want to thank you again for joining us. You know what I'm saying? It's been a uh, bit of thankful, you know what I'm saying? Couple couple weeks, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Just doing side missions, keeping things going for the business. You feel me? How you doing, DJ? I am blessed, doing my best like always, mm-hmm. and just keeping to doing that. And I've been, uh, I found my, myself in some Grateful positions. Okay. Yeah, is there? I'm yes, very sir. grateful, I should say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We want to keep you know advantageous. Saying? Advantageous. Advantageous positions. Advantageous positions. And I'm grateful for those advantageous positions. Got to be. Got to be. And, um, you know, uh, just a couple of days ago, they had what is, what is called a Thanksgiving or mm. what other people call it in, how Indigenous People's Day, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So some people are uh, celebrating uh, massacre and murder and other people are trying to uh, remember uh, what was lost and uh, you know what can be uh, brought back right so many forms of, of genocide yeah exactly exactly but uh today uh, we want to talk about the united nations declaration on the rights of indigenous peoples because mm. a lot of people uh especially in the western hemisphere after being so uh, heavily colonized they're not aware of what uh what rights they really have as an indigenous person you mm. know so uh that's why uh United Nations, United Nations put out this declaration mm. to inform people on, you know what I'm saying, the rights of an indigenous person. And uh, who are the indigenous people is going to in, get into all that, right? Before but, we get into it, who, yeah. do you, who, do you, who do you think it should be, should be in charge of, like, letting, our, letting the indigenous people know about what's, what their rights are? Right. So, I mean, of course, self-determination is going to be the, the primary factor and mover. So it's going to be other the indigenous people that know, right? Mm. So really... Uh, this declaration is really geared towards the uh, the Black and Latino people of the Western Hemisphere, mm. as, as well as the Native American people, who uh, you know may be si- native to Siberia. But you know we're here before Europeans were here, so uh, this is all geared towards, like I said, the Black, Native, and Latino people of the Western Hemisphere, because a lot of them, especially outside of the people who claim to be Native, uh, they may not know that they have Indigenous heritage, mm. Aboriginal heritage, right? Right. And uh, that's why this is here to just to clear up. Uh, some of the misconceptions, right? Mm-hmm. And also let, to let people know what are the uh, what advantages or what advantages of a position it can put you in when you uh, when you get when you claim your indigenous heritage, right? Mm-hmm. When you get that Aboriginal your status on your land, your real heritage, exactly because because a lot I, of us, a lot of people are looking through you know looking through a muddied lens or a dirty lens, you know, and think that their history is one thing, but it's either completely left where they don't know anything or they're they didn't go far enough digging exactly you're not you're not looking back you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying because some of us may may have been taught to be ashamed of our past and that may may uh get you to not look at the past with such a uh you know what's the word i'm looking for wide lens a wide uh, a sharp lens a focused lens you know what i'm saying to really see the minutiae there Mm -hmm. the gray because you know it matters right yeah exactly because they want us to see everything is black and white but there's a lot of gray there and if we can understand the minutia of things, the gray area, you know what I'm saying? That's where the uh, the real uh, epiphanies and, you know, things of that nature can come come out, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So with, with, uh, with that being said, yes, sir, let's get into the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, right? So this was adopted uh, by the United Nations on uh, f- uh, September 13th, 2007, right? Mm-hmm. So this was over 14 years ago, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I didn't hear nothing about this when this came out. Did you hear anything about this, <laughs> no, DJ? not even. I was probably somewhere eating corn dogs <laughs> and chicken tenders. <laughs> right, exactly. We've been there, you feel me? So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> like this has not been spread as uh, wide and as far as it should have mm-hmm. been. Most people who it would really affect and whose lives it would really change are the people who haven't heard about it, right? Yeah. So that's what we're elevating the Melanators here for, just to... Uh, to bring the the rights to the people, the knowledge to the people, and let them know that they, there's a different way to do things. You feel me? And what's crazy is right around 2007 is right when, like, the in- internet really started popping off. Like, it was just like, okay, it's like the it thing to do for some people, obviously, or like the beginning stages, right? Because that's when we had like MySpace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah we, were, we, were, we, were, we were focused on, and cell phones really started becoming a thing because then we were focused on texting girls. You know what I'm saying? Our generation was really started to get over-sexualized, so maybe that's why. Oh, yeah, a lot, a lot of distractions. Distractions, are, A lot yeah. of distractions out here nowadays. Uh, well, not just the Internet, you know, <clears throat> all, form, all forms of media, really, have been overly saturated in the uh, the American culture mm-hmm. so that the, the important things that we should be focusing on kind of fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And it's looked at as not cool or 
you know, not the right thing to do. Exactly, exactly. But we don't get into it because there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of advantages that comes with uh, claiming your uh, indigenous aboriginal status, and yeah. we're going to get into that. But first, we're going to get into the annex, right? So this is like what the United Nations has to say. So this United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, they're addressing the General Assembly. So guided by the purposes and principles of the Charter of the United Nations and good faith in the fulfillment of the obligations assumed by states in accordance with the Charter, affirming that indigenous peoples are equal to all other peoples, while recognizing the right of all peoples to be different, to consider themselves different, and to be respected as such. Now, that, that's very important there, you know what I'm saying, because uh, we live in a very, uh, not just a colonized world, but a world that wants you to conform, mm -hmm. that wants you to, uh, to fit in, right, to a, to a certain narrative. So to move on, right, affirming, uh, affirming also that all peoples contribute to the diversity and richness of civilizations and cultures, which constitute the common heritage of human, uh, humankind. Affirming further that all doctrines, policies, and practices based or advocating superiority of peoples or individuals on the basis of national origin, racial, religious, ethnic, or cultural differences are racist, scientifically false, legally invalid, morally condemnable, condemnable and socially unjust, right? So, you know, nothing nothing we don't already know, yeah. you feel me? But they do have to put it in paper, put it in writing. So reaffirming that indigenous peoples and the exercise of their rights should be free from discrimination of any kind. Concern that indigenous peoples have suffered from historic injustices as the result of uh, their colonization and dispossession of their lands, territories, and resources, thus preventing them from exercising, in particular, the right to develop in accordance with their own needs and interests. That's a very important one. We're going to touch back on touch that on. one. Because of the dispossession of people's lands, that's really where the, uh, the crux of the poverty in the ghetto that we see, the, the, uh, the crux of the ignorance and stuff that we see, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the lack of wealth, that's really coming from the dispossession of ancestral lands. Yeah. Uh, go oh, ahead. No, go ahead, I'm saying. Well, I'm going to say, like, because all wealth starts with land. Mm -hmm. The basis of all wealth is land. Yeah, and it just seems like um, like a lot of people in our culture are in the ghettos. They're, again, even still focusing on not the right thing, which not that might not be common knowledge that the basis of wealth is, is land. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people think renting or, you know, other things or actual having your name on it. And, yeah, you know, just having yeah, just having a lease or something mm -hmm. like, <laughs> increases yeah. the value. Yeah, so it's, it's very interesting to be paying rent on on land that is with ownership is very questionable at best. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's controlled by corporations and banks, mm -hmm. but not the actual people who were the indigenous people of the land. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really and the not knowing that that indigenous people actually have the the rights to it. Exactly, know? exactly. It's all about understanding your heritage, what was personally taken from you, whether it be unlawful whether it be through conquest, threat of violence, things of that nature. Uh, if those things have happened in your family's past, you, you could come back and you, you can get that land. You know what I'm saying? This is all because of treaties. and right? Exactly. Treat, yeah, exactly. Because even before this, there were treaties with the United States, and they weren't supposed to do certain things. But, of course, things got reneged. And so, yeah, they, they went against the, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But we went against our own, his, uh, uh, our own practices, too, not keeping them accountable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah forgetting our heritage, forgetting who we are, forgetting our rights. Mm. Because if you don't know your rights, you cannot enforce your rights. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. so recognizing the urgent need to respect and promote the inherent rights of indigenous peoples who derive from their political, economic, and social structures and from their cultures, spiritual traditions, histories, and philosophies, especially their rights to their land, territories, and resources. Recognizing also the urgent need to respect and promote the rights of indigenous peoples affirmed in treaties, agreements, and under constructive arrangements with states. Mm -hmm. Now, they say with states, they don't just meet the United States, right? They, yeah. this, this, this applies to the world. And, and really, they are focusing on the Western Hemisphere. So we're talking about Mexico, Brazil, all of Central America, the Caribbean. Dominican, all the Exactly, exactly. So... <clears throat> Welcoming the fact that in, uh, indigenous peoples are organizing themselves for political, economic, social, and cultural enhancement in order to bring an end to all forms of discrimination and oppression wherever they occur. Convinced that control by indigenous peoples over develop, uh, developments uh, affecting them and their lands, territories, and resources will enable them to maintain and strengthen their institutions, 
cultures, and traditions, and to pr promote their development in accordance with their aspirations and needs. Recognizing that respect for indigenous knowledge, cultures, and traditional practices contributes to sustainable and equitable development and other management of the, of the environment. So yeah, so this you know what I'm saying emphasizing all this uh, why they're doing what they're doing right mm -hmm. and what was t what was taken from the indigenous people to land through colonization. So emphasizing the contribution of demilitarization of the lands and territories of indigenous peoples to peace, economic and social progress and development, understanding and friendly relations, understanding understanding to keep a friendly relations among nations and people of the world, right? So Recognizing in particular the right of indigenous families and communities to retain shared responsibility for the upbringing, training, education, and well-being of their children consistent with the rights of the child. And that's a big one, too. There's a lot of people, uh, what was going on with this jabby jab, right? <laughs> they, uh, they, they're trying to get, uh, in some of these states like New York, California, they're trying to get the, uh, the kids to be uh, able to consent. Mm -hmm. uh, to, like 12 years old, right? Yeah, like 12, 11 years old to be able to get the uh, the jab without their, their parents' uh, permission or their parents' consent. So it's just the children. So people do have to understand that you don't have to send your kid to this public school, right? Mm -hmm. As we know, most of these public schools are nothing but warehousing for these children. Yep. They're not there to really teach them any, how to be sustainable or be productive people. They're really there to just warehouse them until they can usher them into a corporate structure where they can use them as corporate slaves or Keep usher them into an prison. Yeah. Have them doing meaningless homework. Meaningless. <laughs> teaching them stuff that don't have nothing to do with, like you said, our, their, I mean, their heritage and what they need to be doing. Exactly, exactly. What need to be doing, yeah. Exactly. But like you said, if you are identifying as an indigenous person, you have your indigenous status, they cannot force you to do anything. They do not own your children. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? No matter how much they claim to own your children through the social security number. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't own your kids, right? And uh, that's what this is just letting you know. Because if you if you don't know that, you let the state act like it own your kids mm -hmm. and act like they can tell you what to do with your child. Because that's what a lot of people are allowing this corporation to tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. So considering that the rights affirmed in treaties agreements and other constructive arrangements between states and indigenous peoples are, in some situations, matters of international concern, interest, responsibility, and character. <laughs> character. Yeah, so they're trying to cover their tracks. So a lot of this stuff, too, while they're writing this in the, the, the 21st century, after hundreds of years of this, is they're trying to uh, recollect with their past, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of things trying to go on where they're trying to... Uh, not feel so bad, or, or they know they did wrong, they did bad business, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they're trying to, uh, what's Their the karma? word? Yeah, not just karma, but public relations. It's almost okay. like a public relations, like a PR, type, PR. Like a PR move, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So acknowledging that the Charter of the United Nations, the International Covenant on Economics, Social and Cultural Rights, and to international and the interna international covenant on civil and political rights, as well as the Vienna Declaration and Program of Action, affirm the fundamental importance of right of self determinations of all people, by virtue of which they freely determine their political status and freely pursue their economic, social, and cultural development. All very important things, right? So, bearing in mind that uh, no nothing in this declaration may be used to deny any peoples their right to self-determination exercise in conformity with international law, right? Mm -hmm. So as long as you're not doing any harm, you have the right to self-determination, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people people really got to understand these type of things because as we go further and further into this uh, experiment into the new world order that they call this, uh, this uh, pandemic or whatever, mm -hmm. Uh, they're going to try and take more and more power away from the people. Yeah. And if the people don't understand their rights, don't understand the power that they do have vested in them, then they'll lose that power. And thus, they'll lose their free will. Mm -hmm. And it's like also disarming, slowly disarming, you know, just disarming the people as far as, like we say, pen before sword, you know? Exactly. And so I feel like this is one of those ways that not only are disarming the sword, but, you know, 
blurring, yeah. like putting a blindfold over people. Exactly. And so they can't even write, you know, with the pen. You know? Yeah, so, exactly. It, making people fearful. Yeah. And when you're in a state of fear, you're not making the, usually the most logical decision. Mm-hmm. You're making you're emotional a, too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It gets you emotional, gets you fearful. Mm-hmm. So you're not thinking correctly. You're not thinking long term. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're just thinking of that now. So. Uh, convinced that the recognition of the rights of indigenous peoples in its declaration will enhance harmonious and cooperative relations between the state and indigenous peoples based on principles of justice, democracy, respect for human rights, non-discrimination, and good faith, encouraging states to comply with effectively uh, comply with and effectively implement all their obligations as they apply to indigenous peoples under international instruments in particular those related to human rights and consultation and cooperation with the people's concerned, emphasizing that the United, Na- United Nations has an important and continuing role to play in promoting and protecting the rights of indigenous peoples. Mm. <laughs> All right, yeah, I mean, you better do something. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're they playing, really. But really, a, a lot of this comes with self-responsibility, too. They've put on paper what the, the rights of indigenous peoples are. They put on paper what, what, what you can do, what you cannot do. We're going to go through all of this. But if this is on paper and, it's, you know, so, uh, and Barack Obama signed this uh, as the president, so the United States, is, is the federal government, is a part of this in affirming these, uh, these uh, rights that indigenous people have, if they put this on paper and they made it public, if you don't act on these rights, it's not their fault. Yeah, it's on you. Yeah, it's on, it's on, it's on the indigenous people who are not taking an active role in, in governing themselves, mm-hmm. an active role in, in, a, in a, you know what I'm saying, being self-sufficient mm-hmm. and, and trying their hardest to, uh, to, stay, to keep their free will, to keep their freedom, because that's where freedom comes from, your free will. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you have no land, if you have no food, if you have no currency, then you're beholden to the people who do have land, mm-hmm. who do have food, who do have currency. Thus, you, you have no autonomy, so you have no self-determination. Your determination, your destiny is determined by people who have resources. Yeah. And so... And throughout if, time, that's not always the best. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, to move on. Uh, believing that this declaration is a further important step forward for the recognition, promotion, and protection of the rights and freedoms of indigenous peoples and the development of relevant activities of the United Nations system in this field. Recognizing and affirming that indigenous individuals are entitled, uh, yeah, entitled without discrimination to all human rights recognized in international law mm-hmm. and that indigenous peoples possess collective rights which are indispensable for their existence, well-being, and integral development as peoples. Recognizing that the situation of indigenous peoples varies from region to region and from country to country, and that the significance of national and regional particular, particularities, uh, I missed that word, I butchered it, we're going to move on, <laughs> and various historical and cultural backgrounds should be taken into consideration. That's very uh, important, too. Uh, so, like you said, like, Indigenous peoples uh, vary region to region, and region to region doesn't just mean continent to continent. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. want in these movies, they want us to think that uh, there's only one phenotype in the Western Hemisphere when Europeans got here, and that is the phen- the classical Native American phenotype, which is really native to Siberia, which is really Mongolian. Mm. So they want uh, they want us to think that that's the only phenotype that was in the the Western Hemisphere, mm. when that's not true. Uh, there is multiple phenotypes, including bl- what we call Black or Aboriginal and not just what we would call Native American. Mm-hmm. So that's very important to, to understand that there are various indigenous peoples on this landmass before it was, it was taken over, not just one group of people. Mm-hmm. Very important. Because you've you seen Pocahontas, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. When you were watching Pocahontas, did you ever, did you ever think about, hmm, Pocahontas was, was an aboriginal woman that probably looked like somebody in my family. Did you ever think that watching that movie? Not, no, not watching that because movie. they changed the phenotypes of yeah. things. You know what I'm saying? The well, it's easy- almost like the story with Jesus, same thing. Like oh the, yeah, yeah, the yeah it's very thing. similar. You know what I'm saying? A way to romanticize history. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It went, so for something to be romanticized, that means it was written in a way, uh, in a way that supports Roman history or Roman control or Roman. You know what I'm saying? Conquest. Influence. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not going to be the the truth. Like I said, like the truth was written by the victors, right? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So. If you were conquered, if uh, if you were never able to tell your story, you only get in one half of it. Now, did they? 
defeat us, I guess, or be conquer uh, the land. The due, land, for, I mean, but due to like implosion, due to like you know lack of something, or is it just like as they came over time, they just became more and more people? Or as, as I'm saying, this and this is where it gets very nuanced. It's a combination of all of those things. Mm. The combination of uh, some people. Some indigenous people being very enthralled with the, a new way of life, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Some people being uh, very uh, colonized religiously, spiritually, you know what I'm saying, converting to it. And these people really believe in these beliefs, so they're converting to a new system, not understanding their role in the larger scheme of things, you know what I'm saying? So, and yeah, there was wars. Huh? Tell, does history tell why our, our, our ancestors and some of, the, some of our ancestors flip sides or, yeah, or obviously you never know why a human well this is all goes. business and that's why i want to get into this too like the first colonies like the virginia like was called the virginia company all this is about business it's all about mm-hmm. trade like you know what i'm saying yeah. so some people wanted to do business and open up to to the the newcomers and some people didn't and this led to infighting within aboriginals and indian tribes like, themselves. hey man don't let them in you know what i'm saying I'm, don't trust them and yeah, then it's yeah. like hey man obviously you're speaking different you know yeah yeah <laughs> hey man yeah <laughs> no no real talk though you know what i'm saying so the, there's these were there's a split among the aboriginals on the land you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying but this all comes down to business like you said the united states is a corporation is here to do business people were allowed to be on the land because they're allowed to be on the land to do business you know what i'm saying so uh, this and it's not not entirely That's a bad thing. We built? Yeah, yeah, and, but like I said, it's not doing yeah. business is not entirely a bad thing. It's it's when you're uh, being taken advantage of when it's dirty business practices. You know what I'm saying? When you set up a, a system that's able to uh, commit land grabs, where you take huge swath of lands from one people, one uh, group of people, and you give it to an, uh, an uh, invading group of people mm. or or a migrating group of people. You know what I'm saying? So that's who I think what the real crux of it was, and um, about why the Aboriginals lost their land. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in like uh, disease, that was a, that was a huge thing as well. Yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? Disease was going rampant, but it wasn't as, as big as they trying to make it out to be in yeah. North America, really. It was just a bunch of, like you said, a bunch of those things. Yeah, all come. It's, it's, yeah, it's a whole bunch of, it's a big combination. Like a perfect storm for them. Yeah, and you have you have people from both, him is like, America's being invaded by both sides of the water, you know what I'm saying? People are coming from Asia, people are coming from Europe, all coming to America. And way more people are coming to America than are going to Europe, than are going to Asia, like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like... Because we have, like, it, the richest land, or...? I mean... You could argue that you could argue this is the land of milk and honey, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you could you can also argue that other other parts of the world are just as abundant, you know what I'm saying? And and that there are systems in place that are really there to uh, keep the people down. And so I think that's more what it is, you know what I'm saying? Because the the earth has plenty of resources for the people on it, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? More, yeah. It's it's really about what system are the people in? Does it allow for uh, people to have free will, for people to progress, for people to ha- own their own businesses mm-hmm. for people to own their own land. Because in Europe, if 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 you're a peasant or a serf, you're never gonna own land. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what I'm saying you're on like a duke's land or a lord's land. Like you know, what I'm saying? that's where where the term landlord comes from. You mm-hmm. know, what I'm saying so like you're on somebody else's land, but you're it's sharecropping. You're you're uh you're you're a farmer, you're a planter for whoever owns that land. Yeah. And they take up the majority of the of, the, of whatever you produce, and you get just enough to feed your family or whatever. And you know, what I'm saying do they get the. Do they have a choice to try to? Because I know America is like the land of the you know opportunity, land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Is it the same type of opportunities they no. have over there? Well, the America being the land of opportunity, that's really a tagline to uh mm. to increase migration to America. Like you know what I'm saying? Ah, like because okay. America, like being a land of art, like who are you telling that to? You telling that to somebody who who hasn't been here that you're trying to uh, encourage to come here. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're European, it's in your best interest that more Europeans come here because the more Europeans here, then the more land they can put into a European's name. Mm-hmm. And then basically the more influence and the more power they have here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like on the Statue of Liberty, it says like, give me your huddle masses, all this stuff. Like give me your poor huddle masses. You feel me? Like America, those same Caucasian, the same, a lot of the same descendants of those Caucasians wouldn't want poor people from other parts of the world coming here. But 100 years ago, in, in the early 1900s, they were encouraged to come here, even though they were coming in the, from from third world, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. situations, just like people from Mexico or Honduras are coming from, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think it's a, uh, that land of opportunity tag, 
uh, or people America being a land of milk and honey, all that stuff, that was like pushed to other populations to get them to migrate here to increase the hold that other nationalities have in America. Mm, so, so it's kind of watered down. Yeah, no, to, yeah, to water down uh, the indigenous people's population or like a percentage of population, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and for land reasons, because like look at the Homestead Act, right? They gave away like 40 million acres of land, you know what I'm saying, during the mid-1800s to the uh, early 1900s, where like all you had to do was be Caucasian and go out there and stake, your, you know what I'm saying, stake your land and claim it, you right. know what I'm saying? And that was backed by the federal government, but they're, obviously they're giving away indigenous land. Yeah. But if you have a federal government who has a big army <laughs> backing yeah. you, then you're able to do things like that, but you still need numbers. Yeah. To, for something like that to happen. So you have to encourage European uh, migration to America so that those people can go out there and, and uh, conquer the frontier, you know what I'm saying, mm, okay. to make way for the elite, you know what I'm saying? Because the elite ain't about to be on the front line, Yeah. you know what I'm saying, fighting Indians and all doing all, you know what I'm saying? They're going to send out they, they peasants or, like, yeah. the people who are in they're desperate pawns, enough basically. situations. They're pawns, basically. Exactly, exactly. Because they, they're just looking for a better life, too. I don't fault them for, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, they're because they're coming from a situation where they own nothing, and they're coming, they're hearing of America, oh, they have a republic where the people are in charge. Like, they don't have a king breathing down their necks yeah. that can cut off their head, whatever they want with no impunity. Yeah. Like, that sounds like a better deal to me. You yeah. know? <laughs> you know? they, but they had the opportunity to just get up and leave? Or how does that I mean, some did. I mean, during, it depends on what period, because it was mm. a period of 400 years. So it depends on what period of uh, time you're immigrating to America. But, I mean, there are people that are paying that you to come. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, a lot of indentured servants, the people who had a contract on their head mm -hmm. paid for their voyage. Mm. It's like, okay. It's like, you want to come to America? It's like, okay, I'll pay for you for you to get here, but you're going to work for me for five years. Mm. And at the end of the five years, I'm going to give you a few acres. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So you're, you're getting paid out, but it's a situation where, like, you're going to be so, somebody's employee. My, that's, you're helping me grow grow my empire, my nation, but mm -hmm. in the meantime, I'll give you something small. Exactly. So, like, so, yeah, so some people could get up, and uh, some people came over here unforced. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not every uh, European that was coming from Europe came uh, voluntarily. Mm -hmm. There were kids that were being kidnapped off the streets of Birmingham, London, and all this, wow. who were being put on ships and taken over there with bonds on their heads, and somebody was paying for them. They don't even know who paying for them. And these were like Aboriginal kids. No, no, these are the, well. Because I know there were more, yeah, there, there were Moors that were expelled from Europe. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying. So that did happen too. Mm -hmm. But mostly these were uh, the incoming Europeans from like Britain, Ireland, Scotland. Like, you know what I'm saying. Like, mm -hmm. not everybody came voluntarily. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying. So this, this is, like I said, there's so much nuance to all of this. Yeah, I mean, no, like you said, it's not just black and white. It's literally there's there's so much gray area to it that exactly. you know. There's not, not definitely not something we learned in history class. I'll tell you oh, that. Oh no, no, exactly. <laughs> right and, in books. And, yeah, and there's a reason why you don't hear about none of the Indian wars east of the Mississippi. Like mm. only wars you hear about, you know, what I'm saying like are the plains, in Texas. Indian wars, and like yeah, west of Texas. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying because all the wars that were happening east of Texas were with Aboriginal people who are black or Negro people. Mm. You know, what I'm saying because that's what we were exactly. So you know, they're not going to tell you about those wars because then they will have to show you those paintings. They will have to show you those pictures. You know, what I'm saying where you have so-called black people dressed up as aboriginal people. You know what I'm saying? Now, keep your mind, it'll keep your mind running like, hold on, why they look like me? Like, if I, we've been here this long, I mean, I heard I had Indian in my family, because most yeah. black, people, black people hear that, and they dismiss it. You know what I'm saying? Because I saw Pocahontas. Well, you know or what I'm they saying? just don't know, the, they, or they, like, they, like today, they don't know the value in it. Yes, you know, yes. They really don't know the value in actually going that far back. You exactly, know? and this is why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, that's, a, that's a very good, uh, very good point. People don't understand the value of reclaiming their status, reclaiming mm -hmm. their nationality. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not too late. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's not too late. You know what I'm saying? But the, we may be walking into some. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, shit. The time is ticking. Don't yeah, get exactly. us wrong. Don't get us wrong. The time is ticking. So you want to do this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look into your family. Get your genealogy right. You know what I'm saying? Like. You can uh, get the link in our bio, hit us up for consultations. You know what I'm saying? We're still going to start doing private uh, status consultations for people who are looking to uh, reclaim their nationality and their indigenous status. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? We're living in very turbulent times, to say the least. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, we live in a very complex system where it's all interconnected. Yeah. And if one of these little complex parts falls or something, it's going to affect the rest of the system. And we could be looking at uh, a very uh, a supply chain shortage, you know what I'm saying, a food shortage, a gas shortage. Any one of these things could severely impact uh, yeah. your, 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 your standard of living. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then 
not only that, then you're going to have to not just deal with what you what the world is lacking, but you're going to also have to deal with people that are scared and wanting to, you know, fight somebody, but they don't know who to fight, mm. so they're going to start turning against their own and, you know, creating chaos inside of the, you know, inside of the matrix, controlled chaos. You yeah, know? Like, exactly. They'll keep that in the city. That's what yeah, they do. Exactly. You know keep that all in the city, and then while the people are out, out in nature with the, you know, farms. And, yeah, I well, say the people, the elites. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Exactly. And the regular, regular folks in the yeah, world. You know what I'm saying? Out there too. Prepared. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because people think, oh, I'm in New York. I'm paying five thousand a month for rent. I'm in San Francisco. I'm paying five thousand a month for rent. But you you may be living a, a life where, like, you go two blocks over, you might get robbed or something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where, where it's like, it may be a dude out here who owns his land or he pays, like, a 1000 a month, but he got 20 acres, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You well, know, not so only that, can, if, if the world shuts down, or, you know, like, we were just watching uh, South Park. Oh, they, what, like a COVID they, they, uh, trailer? They shut, down, shut it down, and it's like, bro, you're all in the city. All these major, Most major big cities have ways that they can keep the population broken oh, yeah. down or inside you yeah know? And, so, and that's what a lot of these uh these uh freeways are about mm. that's why in most major cities the freeways are in a ring or a loop uh, you know what i'm saying because they can shut down that loop and keep the majority of that metro pop- metro population that's in, the, in the city is a center. Big ass loop, right? yeah well it's not just our, most like every well, major i just thought American about city. that right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's crazy in this yeah. moment because it's like i've known that about pittsburgh just because of that movie with uh uh, Russell Crowe the next three days oh. <laughs> and yeah. you know they shut down the city obviously like New York Chicago right yeah. every, every major city's like that you know yeah, what I'm saying now and like we all we're all really all yeah, and all the freeways they're uh when they were being built, they were being built with the military in mind because Eisenhower, who commissioned the freeways, they built it off the Autobahn in, in Germany. Germany, And yeah. that was built to, to transport tanks, to transport, you know what I'm saying, resources as fast as possible. So all of these, these freeways are really built to be able to, uh, to take on military traffic. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, we, we use them as civilians, but there were the specs to them, you know what I'm saying? They were able to take Humvees and, five, and that's tra- why tanks like and five, all that. Five lanes wide. And, yeah, exactly. That's the fastest way to maneuver through the city if you have an extremely large vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Shit. Yeah, exactly. So to keep going, it says, recognizing that the situation of indigenous peoples, okay, that's the one I just read. So solemnly proclaims the following uh, United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples as a standard of achievement to be pursued in the spirit of partnership and mutual respect. So now I'm going to get into articles. Fine, that was all intro. (laughs) (laughs) So article one, right? Indigenous peoples have the right to the full enjoyment as a collective or as individuals of all human rights and fundamental fundamental freedoms as recognized in the Charter of the United Nations, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, and International Human Rights, um, Human Rights Law. So I want to get into that human rights, right? So human rights is being human is a, uh, is a very specific thing. Uh, humans come with nationalities, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if they're able to take your nationality away and get you to identify as a, as a label or a brand that is not connected to any landmass, mm-hmm then they can get you outside of human rights law. Mm. So, so if you're identifying as black, you know what I'm saying, or as African-American, which is really identifying as two continents, one where you, uh, you have absolutely no citizenship or legal ties African, to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So if you're identifying as black or, you know what I'm saying, even Latino, you know what I'm saying, these are... Uh, our titles. Yeah, I mean, Mexican has a national. There is a, a a state named Mexico. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But, but I mean, we can get into the, where that word Mexico comes from. But being a U.S. citizen, because you could be America has nothing to do with United States corporation, other than the fact the United States is operating on the land mass of America. You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, this is very important because if it can get you to identify as something other than a nationality. They can get you outside the family and nations, and thus you don't have to get human rights. Mm. So this is why identifying as an indigenous American national or aboriginal or anything that's tied to a landmass where you actually live, you know what I'm saying, is very important because if you don't do that, then they get you outside of these rights and they can do whatever they want to you. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that's where the, the basis of... Why a lot of things aren't held accountable in America, a lot of like what we talk, what we think as genocidal acts or things of that nature. Yeah. Because they're not. Being killed in the street. Yeah, they're not really doing it to lawful humans. They're doing it to legal humans. And legal, yeah. that's a legal system, not the lawful. It's two different things. So. And, and at the end of the day, semantics do matter. Like, oh, it's in law. You know law, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, law, 100%. Matter, yeah. And law, semantics, they have. Uh, 
they have conferences on semantics every year in, yeah. in, in, uh, in England. You know what I'm saying? So that these lawyers in the bar, the British accreditation registry, so the, the lawyers in that, uh, that club, that little membership club, they can uh, understand how what's the best way to what's the best words to get over on the people. What words do we want to change or finagle or use that are outside non-binary yeah, lexicon exactly. That's you know just what I'm saying? funny. That's just a funny <sighs> term to me, right? Because the could be non-binary, you have to be in a binary. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so Article Two, right? The indigenous peoples and individuals are free and equal to all other peoples and individuals and have the right to be free of any kind of discrimination and the exercise of their rights, in particular that based on, in the, uh, on their indigenous origin or identity. Super important. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can tell you who you are. Nobody can tell you your origins, no matter how many uh, uh, classes you sat through in public school where they try to f uh, force feed you an ancestry, you know what I'm saying? Nobody can tell you that. Who you should be listening to is, is your elders and your family, your great-grandmothers, your great-aunties, your, your great-uncles, you know what I'm saying? Where do they say they're from? Yeah. Who do they say their, their ancestors are, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, <laughs> as long as I've been alive, eight to nine out of ten black people I meet, they've heard they've had Indian in their family, and and the half of them, more than half of them, know what specific tribe they came from, whether it be Cherokee, Choctaw, Creek, you know what I'm saying, like Chickasaw, all these different tribes that existed in uh, in North America prior to colonization. You heard those tribes, well, why we didn't hear no African tribes coming mm -hmm. up? You know what I'm saying, like any of the tribes from Nigeria, you know what I'm saying, Igbo, Igbo, any of these tribes, Shanti. Why didn't we hear those tribes coming up? You know what I'm saying, maybe maybe it's because we weren't as closely related to people in Western Africa as we are being force-fed to believe. You know what I'm saying? Maybe those, those tribal names, those American tribal names that you heard from your great-grandma, from your, from your elders in your family, maybe those are your true identities. And maybe you shouldn't overlook that oral tradition. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what that is. Yeah. Your grandma say you're, Cher you're Cherokee. That's an oral tradition that is not to be uh, taken lightly. Not to be overlooked, you know what I'm saying? Because at school they said we all came from Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like, who are you supposed to believe? This public school system that is set up there to indoctrinate you and to get you to be an adult that's controllable and malleable? Or your grandma who probably has the best interest out of anybody on the planet for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, no, for real. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you if you could uh, skip ahead to number Article 13 because that one actually is right. Uh, that, and that's the, the article that I was kind of on my on my mind at all mm -hmm. of these articles because right. it, like it makes sense and and it's really dope that they obviously you know to kind of sum it up dope it doesn't really do a great enough container for it but right. it's really cool that you know we have the i mean once you read it we'll be able to explain mm -hmm. it but exactly uh, yeah and i'll skip down to it i'm gonna leave a link in the bio so people can uh read this for themselves and can click on it you yeah. know what i'm saying because it's pretty it's a lengthy document we may not go through every article but it's very important you know what i'm saying to the people who really want to uh, take their life into their own hands, take their rights into their own hands, understand uh, what, what, you, what you can do and what your rights are. So, yeah, so Article 13, right? Indigenous peoples have the right to uh, revitalize, use, develop, and transmit to future generations their histories, languages, oral traditions, mm. philosophies, writing systems, and uh, literatures, and to designate and retain their own names for communities, places, and persons. You're, and you're right. This is a is a very and that's just part one yeah. of Article 13. There's a but second that, part. That was like the one that kind of was like. Poof, I yeah. was like, when I was reading through, I was like, damn, like that shit right there is literally everything, right. and it's not done unfortunately, yeah. or it's like they're not right, not the right thing. You know? Yeah, exactly. And you're right because what they they're very specific with their words here. They have the right to revitalize. There's a reason they started that off. You have a right to revitalize, right? Mm. Because they understand how much culture has been lost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. How much heritage has yeah. been lost. You know what I'm saying? That's why semantics are important, people. Yeah. Like the end. And not just that, but the interpretation of the word? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because every, especially if you're doing anything in a, at a high level, especially talking about international business or mm -hmm. international uh, committees and things of that nature, yeah. you want to be very, you want to be like super precise about the words you use because it's going to mm -hmm. be interpreted by so many different cultures and people who speak different languages. You know what uh, I'm saying? When you look up the word in English, if you speak Spanish and you look up a word in, the, uh, in English, you're going to try to think that, okay, that's the exact definition but they may have a different colloquial definition mm. for it in America that you may not understand. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's and it's going to come down to how, 
That could be how much land you get. That could be how much, you know, rights you have, right? Exactly, or, exactly. So you want to be very specific. So, but yeah, like he said, the, the right to revitalize and develop and transmit to future generations, their histories, languages, and oral traditions. That's exactly what I was talking about because uh, in the, in the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, it was uh, downright outlawed for uh, in some states for black people to identify it as American Indian. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about Virginia, South Carolina, Georgia. In parts of this place, in terms of uh, they they change everything to colored folk. You know what I'm mm. saying? That's where the term colored comes from. And it comes from colorable law. So colorable law is man-made law that is made to look like the common law or the universal law or God's law, right? Mm. So everything that has to do with code and statutes with the United States Corporation, that's colorable law. It's a man-made law. You're a, a part of that law voluntarily. You're not born into it. Everybody's born into the common law. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody has to adhere to certain on principles. Earth, on, on the land, right? On, on, on earth. You feel me? Like, uh, stealing is a, is a crime everywhere. Even you know what I'm the, saying? There's a the reason oceans, for it. the same? Well, well, yeah, on the oceans, it is the common law. Yeah. On the oceans, you're under the... You're under the uh, the maritime. jurisdiction, yeah, 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 maritime law, but that means you're under the jurisdiction of the captain of that vessel. Okay. So if the captain of that vessel chooses to use common law, then yeah, but he can choose some a man-made type of law gotcha. that you voluntarily agree to be a part of once you stepped onto his vessel. Gotcha. Okay. That you know what I'm sense. saying? But yeah, but you're right. This one is a very important one because people have to understand that like uh, so much has been lost that can't be still be regained. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's the phase that we're in as a people right now, regaining what was lost. You know what I'm saying? So definitely a, a, a word like dope or cool isn't isn't you know, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. do it justice. Exactly. You could say uh, maybe uh, generation saving. You know Ooh, what I'm saying? It may, it, it may redeem somebody's bloodline understanding this stuff. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because there may be some uh, trials and tribulations on the horizon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where not everybody's bloodline may survive what's to come. You know what I'm saying? You may have to be in a certain position or have a certain awareness, you know what I'm saying, to ensure that your progeny makes it through what's going to come these next couple of decades, you know what I'm saying? Because we're in a very transition, uh, transitional place as a, as a, as a human race yeah. where some of us believe that there's too many people on, on Earth, you know what I'm saying? And uh, they're trying to get some of us out of here, you feel me? Yeah. So uh, if, they, if that's their concerted effort, that's a concerted plan, they're going to be successful with some people. Now you just got to decide, like, is my bloodline going to be a part of that? You know what I'm saying? So very, very interesting. And I want to go over the second part of Article 13. So it states, states shall take effective measures to ensure that this right is protected and also to ensure that that indigenous peoples can understand and be understood in political, legal, and administrative proceedings where necessary through the provision of interpretation or by other appropriate means. So this, this is very interesting, too. I want to point out something they said. They said political, legal, and administrative proceedings. So most of the uh, like tra- most of the courtrooms or the court cases, like traffic tickets, things of that nature, you're not really in a, a, a legal battle or a lawful battle. You're in an in administrative proceeding. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, just get the, they're there to get their money. They're, they're there to administer a minister over the people that voluntarily Proceeds. got the license, you know what I'm saying, from the state. And then if you break that contract or you drive too fast, whatever whatever code or statute that you broke, they're there to collect that money. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> Give me my money. Exactly. Unless you're really dealing with like a common law crime, like you killed somebody, you you hurt somebody, you, you stole from somebody. Damaged property. Yeah, exactly. You're really dealing with an administrative process, you know what I'm saying, and not necessarily a legal battle. And that's why they're, like, like I said, they're very specific with their words. They don't just put administrative proceedings <laughs> in yeah. there lightly because most people hear that. What's an administrative proceeding? What's that? Well, every time you go to traffic court, you know what I'm saying, which is a, which is a type of court that's not in the Constitution, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, you're really going to an administrative proceeding, and that court is really, uh, that judge, or rather, is really acting as an administrator, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not acting as a as a real judge, you and know what I'm saying? And that's where they, they know that, though, when you talk to him certain ways? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, especially with traffic tickets. There's multiple ways to get, get out of traffic tickets. It's all about, I mean, did you voluntarily sign up? Mm. And did you sever that contract? You know what I'm saying? That's really what that comes down to. If you agree to uh, live by their uh, traffic rules and regulations, 
then you and you broke it, then you have to keep up your side of the bargain and pay whatever penalty they have. But if you never agreed to be in their jurisdiction, you never agreed to their statutes, and they're trying to get you on a victimless crime, like driving or, you know what I'm saying, or, or making a wide left turn where you didn't hit nobody or hurt nobody, yeah. yeah, it was a victimless crime, then you can get out of that because you didn't voluntarily agree to be in their jurisdiction where you can do things that have no victim but still get taxed for it. You know what I'm saying? Damn, we need to do those... Uh those uh have you seen those videos on youtube uh the cop uh making sure that the cops are doing our oh, on, on point you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah yeah i mean you know what i'm saying i don't want to go out the there on my way agitate nobody but yeah oh cop out hey look at cop out that's that is an interesting uh yeah. that's an interesting as youtube yeah channel. man you can get stuck in that just watching i'm like yeah no they got people on there that know that, yeah that know yeah. their stuff you know what i'm saying so yeah all this is very important to understand uh, when you are uh, dealing with these cops, because if you have your indigenous status and you pull out an, an Aboriginal ID, a tribal ID, you know what I'm saying? And you don't pull out a state ID dealing with these cops, they're going to deal with you totally different, you know what I'm saying? Because you have to let them know, I'm not in your jurisdiction. And what is even your reasonable, articulable suspicion for even pulling me over or even trying to think you can t talk mm -hmm. to me? You know what I'm saying? My plates is private. My, my ID is private. You know what I'm saying? I got nothing to do with y'all. You're just a man in a suit, you know, in a uniform right now. You don't have no authority over me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And understanding your indigenous rights really gives you the confidence to speak to these people. You know what I'm saying? Because you understand what this whole system is about. These cops aren't there to help you. They're there to get money for the state. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? That's that's what they what's they're there for. Money and control. You got to hit that mean? quota. You got to hit that quota, right? You know what I'm saying? I wonder who, who who's setting that quota. Yeah. <laughs> you, you feel me? So uh, to look at a couple more of these articles, right? So Article 14. Indigenous peoples have the right to establish and control their educational systems and institutions, providing education in their own languages in a manner appropriate to their cultural methods of teaching and learning. And, of course, this uh, uh, piggybacks off what I was saying earlier. The public school system is, is not for an indigenous person. I mean, I, I wouldn't even uh, recommend it for Caucasian kids. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, get your own school, you know what I'm saying? Get your private schools popping, you feel me? But yeah. it's not, it's not, the public school system is not there for somebody who wants their child to be a fully functioning adult. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what it really comes down to, you feel me? And the second point of Article 14, indigenous individuals, particularly children, have the right to all levels and form of education of the state without discrimination. You know what I'm saying? So that's if you choose to put your kids at that public school, you have the right to do that. You know what I'm saying? Now, moving forward, especially after they come up with this jab, I don't know how smart that is, yeah. <laughs> but you have the right to Hunting do that. Hunting ground, basically. Yeah, and really that has to do with uh, higher-level institutions like college, you know what I'm saying, universities and stuff, you feel me? Yeah. Which, you know what I'm saying, like, I, little, little, <laughs> the universities are a den for liberalism, but you can still go into a university and get what you want to get out of it if you're, going, if you're not playing around you have a focus, you know what I'm saying, drive and a plan. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go to these universities and just... A willy nilly on float and yeah. nothing because you're playing a lot, you're paying a lot of money to float. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Just I've been there. Shorties, yeah. Exactly. So for dudes for some chicks. Yeah, and then the third point: uh, states shall, in conjunction with indigenous peoples, take effective measures in order for indigenous individuals, particularly children, including those living outside the communities, to have access, when possible, to an education in their own culture and provide it in their own language. Right. So, Article 15. Right. Indigenous peoples have the right to dignity and diversity of their cultures, traditions, histories, and aspirations, which shall be appropriately reflected in education and public information. Now, this one's interesting, right? So it must be appropriately reflected. Now, a lot of this stuff has come in public recently, or I should say the last couple of decades, right? Uh, for uh, statements just like this one, you know what I'm saying? Whether it be this Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples or the Declaration on Human Rights, you know what I'm saying? These are forcing, these are uh, declarations that all the major countries have agreed to. So it's forcing certain countries who are moving in a way that's not in accordance with those declarations, it's forcing them to re-look uh, re at their policy, to put everything on public information. The only thing is, is that they know that the people have been colonized for generations and that a lot of the ignorance has got to the point in some of, some of these neighborhoods and some of these families where people won't even look back because they don't know how to. They're very apathetic to learning, to reading. Mm -hmm. And all this contributes to what we see going on in the hood, whether it be the violence, 
the broken families, the poverty, you know what I'm saying? All of this stems from, from not understanding the rights that they have and where all wealth comes from, which is land. Mm -hmm. If you have no land as a people, as a family, as an individual, you have no real wealth. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, something go down. These dollars mean nothing. This Bitcoin, if the lights go off, Bitcoin means nothing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? What will mean something is having land that you can protect, that you can grow food on, that you can raise a family on. You know what I'm saying? Where you can actually live. Yeah. Because something goes down, like you can't grow food on, on this asphalt. On these streets, on this concrete, you yeah. know, you know what I'm saying. You're not gonna have no real wealth, and you're gonna be fighting in the street, in the street, scrambling. You know what I'm saying, in a desperate situation. And you understand that most people uh, do the worst things in their life when they're in their, the most desperate, desperate yeah. Uh, yeah, situation. So you know, these are all things we gotta we gotta uh, keep in mind. You know what I'm saying. And it also says, states shall take effective measures in consultation and cooperation with the indigenous people's concern to combat prejudice and eliminate discrimination and to promote tolerance, understanding, and good relations among indigenous people and all other segments of society, right? So that's important, right? Uh, because if anybody's ever, like, trying to make fun of you or trying to, like, dismiss your, in your indigenous heritage, that could be very damaging to a child, you know what I'm saying? And so we want to make sure that people understand that they have the right to identify with whatever their family's oral tradition or has told them who they are, you know what I'm saying, regardless whatever pop culture or you know, whatever corporate culture wants you to identify as, or, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying. So Article 16, indigenous peoples have the right to establish their own media in their own languages and to have access to all forms of non-indigenous media without discrimination. And that's what Elevating the Melanin is here for, you know what I'm saying? It's a couple of indigenous brothers, Aboriginal brothers, sure. trying to get this, this this truth to the people, you know what I'm saying? Yes, that's, and that's what it's about, you know what I'm saying? Support independent media, you know what I'm saying? Go to shopelevatingthemelanated.com, get some of the shirts, you know what I mean? Some of the hoodies, you feel me? We out here, you and, know what I mean? And even the, uh, the, the caps. Yeah, we got the, we got the caps, we got the beanies, we got the bucket hats, you know yeah, what I mean? That young, I already know that beanie's going to look fine. Yeah, you know too. what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? The bucket hat's looking nice, too. So, yeah. But, yeah, but that's what but Article 16, you know what I'm saying? That's very important because if there aren't people like us, you know what I'm saying, who are speaking for us, you may never get the pr correct perspective on the news, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, uh, CNN or MSNBC or whatever, they may tell you, they may uh, report an event, but it may be not be from the perspective that you share. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's what uh, these independent media uh, outlets are about, especially people who are uh, actually identifying it in indigenous and aboriginal because they're, tr they're trying to make it uh, fashionable not to identify as such. You feel me? It's very important that we get these information out, we get these rights to the people out. You know what I'm saying? Because when growing up, when I was growing up, I didn't hear, you know what I'm saying, nobody really talking like this. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Nobody really trying to push, you know what I'm saying, law, civics, you know what I'm saying, commerce, understanding these concepts. Nobody's really talking about that, you know what I'm saying, when I was growing up in the hood. You feel me? Like, people was just trying to get quick money or keep their heads down with their corporate job, you know what I'm saying? Like, none of that really appealed to me. But the, the further we get into understanding, uh, the, the higher we can go. Because everything's a meritocracy. Mm -hmm. You feel me? The more you understand the system you're in, no matter the system, the more you can do in that system. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of this comes down to knowledge, access to knowledge. You know what I'm saying? And, and patience and planning. <sighs> patience, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's a big thing. That's something you got to learn. You know what I'm saying? That's something you got to mature to have. You feel me? Because you can have a plan, but the patience to execute that plan, discipline to execute that plan, that's what, it, that's what it's then, really all and about. Then, and then the precision comes once you start to be patient. That's when the precision comes with the plan. Yes, sir. That's you know what I'm goal. saying? So Article 16, you know what I'm saying? Right on point with that. We, you know, we trying, you feel me? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Section 2 of Article 13, uh, 16, I, excuse me, states shall uh, take effect measures to ensure that state-owned media duly reflect indigenous cultural diversity States without prejudice to ensure full freedom of expression should encourage privately owned media to adequately reflect indigenous cultural diversity, right? Now, now do we see that? Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say so, but there's not, <laughs> there's not enough people in America identifying as the correct status, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So we, if you look, if you look in uh, the census, right, they'll tell you we got like, there's like about four or five million 
Native American people, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's so then there's 50 million black people, you know what I'm saying? And then there's another 60 million, you know what I'm saying, 70 million Latino people, you know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> so he's like it's only 5 million Native Americans, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. we got a 130 million these other people that you know we don't know where they they're, just they're like. yeah they, that look just that look just like the Peyton's from the 17 and 1600s of the people that were here before we got here yeah. but but they came from somewhere else you know what I'm saying so yeah. it's like it's very important to understand that like if more people were identifying correctly with their indigenous heritage then it would be represented more in in pop culture or in the public you know what I'm saying yeah but most people are identifying as these uh these labels or, the, or these brands that are corporately controlled like black is like that's like a brand it's like you know what i'm saying it's like i'm black and i'm proud you know what i'm saying that's like it's like coca-cola you yeah. feel me like the united states corporation owns yeah. that you know what i'm saying like you know what i'm saying like that term you know what i'm saying that that phrase again whenever they uh create their senses that's how they get, get people to get outside the human family so they can get outside of having human rights you know what i'm saying so it's very important that we understand this so article 17 right Indigenous individuals and peoples have the right to enjoy fully all rights established under applicable international and domestic labor law, right? So that's basically you can't force people to work without their uh, consent, right? So that's addressing slavery. Number two, states shall in consultation and cooperation with indigenous peoples take specific measures to protect indigenous children from economic exploitation and from performing any work that is likely to be hazardous or to interfere with the child's education or to be harmful to the child's health or physical mental spiritual moral or social development taking into account their special vulnerability and the importance of education for their empowerment so yeah so that's condemning child slavery you know what yeah. i'm saying and then section two, indigenous individuals have the right not to be subjected to any discriminatory conditions of labor, uh, employment, or salary, right? So that's just like, you know, getting rid of discrimination in the workplace, right? Because, you know, employee and slave are, <laughs> they're very close, you know what I'm saying? And that's why that's addressed in the same article. So article 18, indigenous peoples have the right to participate in decision-making in matters which would affect their rights, through, through representatives chosen by themselves in accordance with their own procedures, as well as to maintain and develop their own indigenous decision-making institutions. And that's telling you that you have your right, you have right to your own government, right? Yeah. You have your right to, you know what I'm saying, handle your own affairs, your family's affairs, your extended family's affairs, and then you can get tribal affairs, right? Article 19. States shall consult and cooperate in good faith with the indigenous peoples concerned through their representative institutions in order to obtain their free, prior, and informed consent before adopting and implementing legislative or administrative measures that may affect them. So this is a, this is a good one to understand. So when they made Jim, Jim Crow laws, for example, right, did they ask the indigenous population that they change uh, to color, they asked them if, oh, would you like Jim Crow laws? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, would they, no, they didn't ask them none of that. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they just enforced the law because that's what colonialism is. Well, they enforced their codes and statutes. I don't want to say enforce the law because it wasn't, that's not true law. You know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. man made law. But they, they created a system and they got us to identify, to voluntarily identify with that system. Then they put rules and implementations in that system without asking indigenous people in anything about the system you know what i'm saying so without uh, uh asking them right so that, that's basically telling them like they can't make legislative that affects indigenous people without informing them and getting their consent you feel me because that can lead to uh very discriminatory systems like jim crow laws or things of that nature yeah. where they try to segregate the people on land that isn't even theirs to choose where to segregate people on yeah. you know what i'm saying so very important Article 20, indigenous peoples have the right to maintain and develop their political, economic, and social systems or institutions to be secure in the enjoyment of their own means of subsistence and development and to engage freely in all traditional and economic activities, right? So, and then Article 2, indigenous peoples derive, deprived, excuse me, of their means of subsistence and development are entitled to just and fair redress. Very important. So... Let's say your your great grandma, your great uh, grandfather, was ran off of their land. You know what I'm saying? There was uh, Indian removal acts, the Trail of Tears, things of this nature. 
they were uh, caught into slavery and, and their land was taken over by uh, people uh, who are moving into it. Uh, if you can prove these things, if the, or if you have this oral tradition and you can uh, go back to the papers, because there's always paperwork. A deed is going to pop up somewhere. Somebody's going to make the first deed that's in the uh, European banking system for that land. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a paper a paper trail. If you can get to that paper trail, then you can find what you can get what just and fair redress, which is what getting your land back with compensation. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or uh, let's say they got like a, a a court building or a government building on the land, right? Now they got to pay your family. You know what I'm saying? Because your family's a landlord's now. You know what I'm saying? So you got to pay you rent for having that stuff on the land. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So these are the uh, some of the uh, the redress and the power that you have when you're able to prove you have ancestral land that was taken from you illegitimately. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and very just, important. Well, yeah, like you said, proven in the fact that, that it is actually possible. It's not out of the outside of the realm. It does take work for sure, but just like always, you know, it does take work. Exactly. And but there is a there is, no I'm saying there is a way out, you know, or the way to take back your name and take back your 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 family's pride. Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%, you know what I'm saying? And to be honest, uh, all these different uh, black organizations, you know what I'm saying, in quotation marks that are that are currently being worked on, whether it be uh, NAACP or, you know what I'm saying, Black Lives Matter, which we all know are, are fronts for other agendas and other, organi uh, other uh, <laughs> organizations and people. But uh, the ineffectiveness of these organizations is because they, they are playing with uh, not the correct ancestry and not the correct story. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because really, really, they're really just playing with emotions. Playing yeah, they're trying to keep you emotional. Hundred percent. Really, if if uh, so-called black people or Aboriginal people were to come together and create committees where they would take the strongest oral traditions, the strongest cases that we have, and we get people together that understand the law to help people with those cases to start regaining back their land, that will have a, a much bigger impact than anything else that I can think of. And it's something I can see myself doing later on in life, the further I get into, you know what I'm saying, understanding uh, the legal system and commerce yeah. and things of that nature, because that's really what it all comes down to, you feel me? There's millions and millions of acres, you know what I'm saying, just sitting in the South and East Coast, the Midwest, that used to be to belong to somebody's great 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 something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And right now it's been administrated over by a bank that doesn't really own the land and isn't uh and is and a they, foreign entity. And they just buried it under paperwork, you know. Mm -hmm. but, but the thing about it is you can just go back for what's called the allodial title. That yeah, you, exactly. You want to try and get the allodial title, put it into an indigenous trust, you know what I'm saying? And that's what you want to do once you get the land back, you know what I'm saying? So uh, all this is very important because you understand that, like, what was lost can be regained. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You just have to do the due diligence to prove that it was taken from you or taken from your family unjustly. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So that's something that, like, if anybody is hearing, you know what I'm saying, uh, listening, and you want to make a big impact, I feel like, and you understand the law, you know what I'm saying, or you're somebody that's working to understand the law, mm -hmm. I feel like that's something huge, you know what I'm saying, especially if you're a person who heard about something like this. Oh, we got 50 acres here. We got 75 acres here. You know what I'm saying? But, like, it's just sitting there. And a lot of land just sitting there where it's there for you. You know what I'm saying? You just may have to claim it. You know what I'm saying? Where the last person that was uh, related to the person who owned the land passed away and they couldn't find the immediate family member, that stuff may just be sitting in limbo waiting for you. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of kids in these... Uh, in these Midwest cities, these Northeast cities, these cities in the West, they got they may have a hundred acres that's supposed to be inherited to them in the South, in Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, mm -hmm. and they may not even know it. And they sitting in squalor, they sitting in poverty when they when they got when they got resources that is really theirs, but they but because their their family has been broken down, their oral tradition and their history has been broken down, they they've been left in squalor and poverty that was never meant for them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So. That's a that's a very important article. You feel me? So some very important for us to understand uh, moving forward. You know, what I'm saying as a people. Yeah, definitely. I feel like um, to me at least, I, I always learn with um, obviously my questions for KT. I um, this is definitely something. Or this article that kind of opened my eyes to really being precise with my plans. You know, because obviously there's ways to get out of it, but it's like this puts the uh, this puts you know kind of 
an extra fire behind it but also like i said it gives me a way to move with move within the lines that they're working at you know if i if i'm not great with my words then get somebody who is good in, in what's called colloquial law or, or international law uh, get somebody who's good with international and common law yeah yeah like you know getting that and someone on your team that can at least understand that then it's then there's no way that you can't um you know kind of find back fight back for your ancestors and get your land and things of that nature exactly exactly you until you're saying? at the until i'm at the point to, I, i'm like okay i know the law i know this this and that you know? right right you know what i'm saying and uh, and once again i do want to stress we got the link uh to this in the in the bio in the description i mean in the bio in the description you know what i'm saying so we want you to click on that go through this fully you feel me because I feel like that was a really that was a really good place to go ahead and leave off for part one of this. We may do a part two and just dive into the rest of the articles. Yeah. But more importantly, we want people to do their own research. You know what I'm saying? We want people to, you know what I'm saying, read this for themselves, to uh, internalize this information for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And just start talking to your family about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, just start asking the elders in your family, like, you know what I'm saying, where are we from? Like, if you don't know. Like, if you have a strong oral tradition, you know exactly where you're from, that's good. That's great. You know what I'm saying? Move on that truth. But if you out here and you feel like you're a little lost, you know what I'm saying, about your ancestry, about your heritage, first start with the people in your family, you know what I'm saying, and then you're able to move on from there and use different uh, genealogical resources like uh, like the census, you know what I'm saying, birth records, death records, marriage licenses, things of that nature that can help you, you know what I'm saying, track back, you know what I'm saying, as far back as possible, you feel me? So it's very important. Uh, you got any last words, DJ? Uh, just start moving and not, not start moving the truth we'll definitely start moving in the truth but uh, you this kind of article made me think about being precise with um, so that's really what I took away from today because if you can be precise then you can really start to focus on your your ancestry your ancestry um, finding the different documents that you need to find um, and sifting through the bullshit because there's a lot of you know bullshit that's out there all the narratives that are out there so um, if you can really start to plan and then be precise with that plan you can you know what i'm saying who knows save your whole generation and then some so 100 100 percent. and uh, just to piggyback off uh, what dj said and my final words i just want to encourage people i'm um, saying to uh take their bloodline seriously mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying if you choose if you care because I've, I've heard people tell me they don't care you know what i'm saying so but if you do care take it seriously and don't ever feel powerless is what i want to get to too uh this is basically telling you you have power over your life but you can't give it up you know what i'm saying so i just want you to understand that like you have rights you have you know what i'm saying things that cannot be taken away from you unless you voluntarily acquiesce you give those things up nobody can take away your free will nobody can take away your self-determination nobody can take away your identity unless you allow them to take away your identity you know what i'm saying so do your due diligence check out the united nations declaration on the rights of indigenous peoples it is not the only document that matters but is a, is a very important one just to look at the parameters what rights you have and, and maybe what rights you're not exercising that you could be exercising to lead yourself to a much more prosperous uh lifestyle in the, the life that you want to live you feel me so i just want to thank you again for joining us here at elevating and melanated and peace peace